Welcome to the Relationship Help Show, your time with Dr. Roberta Shaler, the Relationship Help Doctor. Through the magic of the internet, Dr. Shaler provides urgent and ongoing care for relationships in crisis to people throughout the world, and she's here for you now. Whether you are experiencing a momentary blow-up or the crazy making of life with a partner, ex, child, or parent who is relentlessly difficult, you'll get your questions answered and enjoy her expert guests. Settle in with Dr. Roberta Shaler now. Leave the drama behind and find peace of mind on today's Relationship Help Show. Here's Dr. Shaler. Hello, and today's big question is, how are you doing in the self-confidence department? Have you had some bashes to your self-confidence? Have you had some boosts to your self-confidence? And where does that self-confidence come from? And are there moments when it wavers and other moments when you're feeling really strong? So we want to know how to tap into those moments that serve you best. The moments when you honestly know deep down, right down to your toes, that you deserve to behave in a self-confident way. Because sometimes we've had some things in our past that have really dug into our self-confidence or maybe ripped it out of our hands entirely. And we don't want to be living from that. That's not an empowered place to live. We want to be able to step up and speak up confidently. That's what allows us to show up. And we want to do that in all areas of our life, not not just in our career or not just now and then, but to feel that we can always do that if that's our next best step. So today I want to talk about that in some depth. You know, if something happened that maybe pulled you down or somebody made a comment or somebody didn't approve of you when you were young, did you pick yourself up and dust yourself off and start all over again, as the song said? Or did you actually have that be a weight that holds you back? You know, a lot of the things that I do with my clients, and I have clients all over the world through the magic of video, just like today, um, they got stuck somewhere in their self-confidence. wasn't anything that they did. It was something that was done to them, and that might have happened to you. So I want to just talk about some variations on topping up your self-confidence so that you can always speak up, step up, and show up. And sometimes we're slowly worn down and torn down, even when we're children. You know, now we may be being torn down by one of those relentlessly difficult people, those hijackals that I talk about. But once you're on a downward path with your self-confidence, the world sometimes seems to conspire to keep you there because you see the world from that point of view. And you begin to get fearful and you begin to really second guess yourself and question yourself. And do I have the right to speak up? Should I speak up? Would people approve? Would people put me down? Um, and, And then it holds us back. It holds you back from giving your gifts to the world. 
And when you've been around people who don't lift you up for quite a while, even though they may not be aware they're doing it, it's just who they are and how they're doing life or what they've learned in life. When you take the time to really consider your own life, to say right here and right now, at this point in my life, what is it that I am allowing to hold me back? And you may not be consciously allowing it. It may be very, very subconscious because it's very, very old. But you can retrieve it and you can change it. And that's so, so important. I love this quote from E.E. E. Cummings. He said, once we believe in ourselves, we can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human spirit. Once we believe in ourselves, we can risk curiosity, wonder, spontaneous delight, or any experience that reveals the human spirit. Well, that's got a lot of hope in it, doesn't it? That's uplifting right in itself because we can come to believe in ourselves. It may be a slow journey, but it's definitely a basic, essential, and so worthwhile to walk that path because when you don't have self-confidence you're constantly second-guessing yourself and suppressing yourself and maybe even depressing yourself and you don't want to live that way I sure don't and I know that my clients don't so I'm pretty sure that you don't so that E.E. E. Cummings quote it sounds great Believing in yourself means having a different mindset and different self-talk. So what you've always been thinking about yourself or saying within yourself to yourself is what needs to change. And first of all, first thing is you must believe that you deserve to take up space and draw breath in this world. Do you believe that? When you just stop for a minute and take a breath and settle down, ask yourself, do I honestly believe that I deserve to take up space and draw breath here in this world? And if the answer is yes, then you have some work to do if you're not expressing yourself. Because that's what you're here to do. It doesn't have to be some huge thing. We're not all here to find the cure for, for uh, AIDS. We're here maybe to be the best person we can be, to be the most loving iteration of ourselves, to make a difference in someone else's life, to uh, teach someone something. It, it's not always the big things. And sometimes we shortchange ourselves by thinking that it only matters if we're doing huge things. No, it doesn't. It matters that you live fully you, expressing, and that's your contribution to the world. And yes, I've worked with some people who didn't really un understand that they didn't believe they deserved to take up space or draw breath. And that was a moment of great pain for them. But it was the beginning of great breakthrough. 
And that's something that we really need to be moving toward is that breakthrough so that we can live fully, that we can express ourselves fully. You're here and you decide who you are and what you do and what you think and what you need. Nobody else. And sometimes because we're so busy growing up and having a life and going to college or getting a job or whatever we did, we haven't examined the things that people gave us, gave us in quotes, that told us who we are. We haven't caught up with ourselves in that regard. So it's really important to do the work, to catch up and say, well, who am I now? Who am I right now? And what am I up to? And what would I like to be up to? Because people didn't do things to you from a, a wish to damage you in most cases. People did what they knew to do. And if you've been running on their feedback, you may be running on something that has absolutely no truth to it. And my guess is you are if your self-confidence is not topped up. Because you've been believing those people from your past. It kind of got under your radar and you still are running on that programming. So my invitation to you today is let's change the programming. Maybe you've got a little malware in there, a virus. Let's get that out. And uh, I'm here to help you do that. So if you don't have your self-confidence determined by what other people have said or done, then that's a huge start, right? You're not here to live up to the expectations of other people. And what other people say about you is not really any of your business. You can take it to heart. I don't mean that tritely. Of course, you care a little. I hope a little. Um, but if you're putting stock in what somebody else thinks of you, I invite you to bring it back and start thinking about what do I think about myself? Because we don't run on other people's opinion of us. Let's get to know ourselves alone without the thoughts and the influences of other people. Who am I right now? What do I like about myself? What would I like to change? How could I live in more alignment with what I say is valuable to me? So one of the things that happens is that we come into this world with an underdeveloped brain. Our brain grows till we're about 25. And the most of it grows in the first 10 years. So here we are, this little blob. We can't move. We can't feed ourselves. We can't do anything. We're dependent on those giants for everything. And we are little receivers. We're picking up. You know, are these giants happy with me? Do they want me? Do they care about me? Um, do I delight them? Am I a burden? You're picking all that up before you even have language. So these things just get underneath your skin all that time when you're growing up. And unless you go back and say, where did I get this? <laughs> you may never have reflected on that. So babies know when they're wanted. It starts right then. And if the condition of your family when you were young, you consider it, you'll get some insights into your self-confidence. And if you were joyfully welcomed or you were the best thing that ever happened in their lives, you will feel that. 
And if you were just added to the pack or one more mouth to feed or somewhere in between, you'll have felt that too. And that will have continued as you walk through your family life. So how do you think that affected you? Knowing that even before you knew what words meant. That's a lot of taking in stuff for a very long time. And of course it has an effect on you. So today I'm hoping that you're going to shake it all off and say, just a minute, I get to have a fresh start here. I get to look at me right now and I need to take charge and decide how I want to be in the world and whose opinions I care about. And hopefully the answer is I care most about mine, but it's not that I have some kind of fancy facade. I have examined myself and I say, I like who I am. Here are the things I like. Here are the things I'm working on. And I deserve to take up space and draw breath. So those giants that brought you home from the hospital start teaching you about who you are in the world right at the very beginning. And that translates into how you think and feel about yourself. And it's continued on by all the folks who shaped you as you grew. Some lifted you up. Some put you down. Some ignored you. What did you make of all that? That's the big question. You have to examine, what did I make of all that? And am I living from that now? So imagine you can rethink your self-confidence. You know, it's not arrogance and it's not conceit to uh, think about yourself and to know what you like and know what you're good at. I've had people say to me, oh, well, I'm not good at anything. And they thought they were going to get a big gold star for that. And yet the real thing is, of course, everybody's good at something. And if you've been raised to think that you're not, then it's time to reassess. And today would be really good. How about starting today? Spend some time with yourself and say, where did I have my self-confidence bolstered? And where did I have it kind of beaten down? And then you can start looking at it differently. So maybe all was well for you for years, and then someone or something came into your life that started you second-guessing yourself. And that's when you, you begin to question your sanity. That's probably when a hijackle came into your life. And when that happens, things get badly warped. Really, they get warped. And because you give away your power to somebody to define you, and the hijackal wants your power so that they can define you and take away your right to define yourself, then the warping gets worse. You may have experienced that. And so if, if that happened to you, you know that hijackals must win, therefore you must lose. And when you've been in a relationship like that for a while, wow, you begin to sink and sink and sink until you, all, you, you don't even know yourself. You don't trust yourself. You don't think that you have any worth because the hijackal keeps telling you you don't. And even if you weren't with a hijackal, maybe you were just with a difficult person or a person who had a need to withhold their love or approval. It will do 
bad things to you because constantly having that feeling that you're worthless or thoughtless or it just wears away your self-esteem and with it goes your self-confidence so if you're wondering if you have a hijackle in your life grab my free ebook how to spot a hijackle and read that right away it's at hijackles.com because you need to know what's up and hijackals have to believe they're always right and they believe they're the smartest person in the room always. So where does that leave you? Obviously, you will be left on the wrong end of the stick with all that. And today may be the day when you say, mm, no more. I am going to turn around. I am going to find within me all that is good and I am going to recognize it and live from it and move on with confidence. So I was raised by a hijackle myself and I know what it took. I was always a pretty self-confident kid, but it was on the surface. You know, at home, it was a constant battle. Sure, I looked great when I went out there. And fortunately, you know, I could perform, I could sing and I could play the piano and, and that looked great and it looked confident. But I had so much to work through. And that's why, you know, even with a doctorate in psychology, I had to do the work and there wasn't a lot of help for it, which is why I developed my programs. So I've been through this in my own life. So I know I can help you because I've walked it. And I know that you'll always have remnants of this. I have remnants of it. One of the remnants of it is fear of rejection. You ever have that? Well, that's a big leftover one for me. I can think it's real. I can recognize, oh, I'm stopping myself from finishing writing that article because I don't think the editor will like it. And then I can say, that's ridiculous. I've been published so many times. I'm quite willing to have the editor like it or not like it because it's what I wanted to say. But do you see, I had to go through the thought process because that old remnant of fear of rejection popped up. Don't let those things stop you, but they will stop you if you don't know you're there, there. And that's why I really want to help you with that, because to be able to recognize it and not let it stop you from doing the things you want to do to give your gifts to the world, that's the control you want to have over your life. So do you have something like that, the fear of rejection that overrides what you most want to do or it stops you from getting what you want in your life? It could be, but it'll certainly get in the way of your self-confidence. Has somebody ever made a snide comment when you were in a situation that you felt you were safe and it kind of got under your radar? You found yourself repeating it over and over internally? Like, really? Am I, do I do that? Am I like that? And there, that person was somebody that you thought you were safe with and so you didn't have any concerns about having to be careful around that person and it got underneath your radar and you started believing it those are the things we have to find and turf out because when that's happening that's not going to be anything good at all so you may have had times when you felt uncertain about trying something new and somebody you knew well discouraged you from doing it. That erodes your self-confidence. 
because you give them too much credit for knowing what's best for you. Sure, talk things through if you like with a trusted friend, but if they give you negative feedback, you stop and make your own decision because that's a demonstration of self-confidence. I can take feedback from all kinds of places and then make up your own mind. That's one of the ways that you demonstrate self-confidence. Because if you don't, you're going to stop yourself from fully expressing who you are in life. And self-confidence comes from believing in yourself, as that E.E. E. Cummings quote said. And that means right now, not back some other day or in some other relationship. You can reconfigure your story, the story that you tell yourself about yourself. And the big question is, do you believe that? If you believe that, then you're going to move well through and do the work. If you don't believe that, then you're going to sit in silence and suffer and maybe feel a bunch of resentment. So there may be something that you want to reach for and you don't. You need self-confidence in order to step out, reach out and do that. Maybe there's a story you're telling yourself that isn't true anymore. Maybe it was true for 15 minutes and it's not true anymore. You may need to give that up in your life to not be retelling that story and definitely not be believing that story. Are you willing to say I'm worth it and I'm not going to sit back or step down? That's self-confidence. And that's what I really, really hope that you find for yourself. You can overcome anything that's happened to you by paying attention to now and giving yourself the credit and the time to become exactly who you want to be. Talk soon. Hello, this is Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are these stories and questions on today's show sounding familiar to you? Are you ready to say no more to the abuse from toxic people in your life? I'm so glad. You matter and you deserve to have real love, true love in your life. Love from yourself and love from others. Not that demeaning, discounting, and dismissive masquerade that a hijackal pretends is love. I can help you regain yourself, your self-esteem, your self-confidence after a life with a hijackal, whether it was your partner, an ex, a parent, or a child. Let's work together now. For individual sessions or small group coaching, visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join. Talk soon. Wow, I'm excited today. I've waited for this interview quite a long time ago. In fact, probably 10 years, 12 years ago, I saw a movie, Knock My Socks Off. I got hundreds of people to watch the movie. I was so excited about it. I've watched it so many times since then. And today we have the filmmaker who made that movie here. So Betsy Chassie has so much to talk about today that we'll probably have to invite her back because there's so much to say. But I want to give you a sense of who she is by this quote from her book, Tipping Sacred Cows. She said, happiness isn't about smiling all the time, loving all the time, or getting everything you want. 
It's about living and experiencing everything that life has to offer you truly and authentically. And she certainly seems to live that every day because she's an award-willing filmmaker. She is the uh, person who created What the Bleep Do We Know, Song of the New Earth, Pregnant in America, and she's a best-selling author of Tipping Sacred Cows, Dancing in the Unknown, Oh, so many books. And right now, she's just completed a fabulous pro project called Radical Dating. So welcome to the program, Betsy. Thank you. Thank it, it's so exciting to have you here. Um, you have a huge influence on so many people. So I have a question. Whatever happened in your life that made you bold enough to say, I can go and make a film that will impact the world. Well, first of all, I'm sitting outside in my sister's beautiful backyard in Austin, Texas, as I'm traipsing across Texas making another documentary. Um, I, you know, I think that I was born. I think I was born this way. <laughs> you know, I had great parents, and my dad was this amazing dreamer who always had something that he wanted to do and, and took us all along with him on the adventure. And <clears throat> I've always just had a creative adventurous spirit. And, you know, I think that um, for me, I had an interesting situation happen in my late twenties where I kind of just took a left turn and just left Hollywood forever and was never going to make another movie. I was disillusioned with it and kind of went broke in the process of doing that. And I had written down that, you know, I love making movies. I love telling stories through film. And I had written down that if I was going to go back to doing that, I wanted to make a film because before that, let's be real. I was making like, you know, total B movies and all sorts of weird things and it wasn't really inspiring to anybody and so i said if i'm going to go back and do this i want to make a movie that inspires people and so bleep came along and it wasn't even bleep when originally i got hired to make it, it was something else but i think you know it wasn't so much that i thought that we were going to make some film that impacted millions of people you know we just wanted to make a film that that helped people really learn about how their brain and body works and you know and and that giving that for me i was learning as i was making the film and it was so impactful to me i think that for both for all of us me will and mark who were the other two filmmakers i think it just it, it was so impactful to us that it was it couldn't help but like permeate out that way you know it just was such an amazing experience Yes. Well, there's two things in there I want to talk about. First of all, you wanted to say no to it all and walk away from it. And you went broke in the process. And yet still you believed enough to go back and do it again. Sorry. Yes. What, um, what was it that made that turnaround? Well, you know, it's funny. What happened is I, I left Hollywood and I started a company that makes gourmet dog treats, which I never made. <laughs> I never made a gourmet dog treat in my life. I just decided that I was going to make them and sell them. That's my dad. You know, he would decide that he was going to do some crazy thing and then go off and do it. And my dad always taught me that life is kind of like, not kind of, you know, life is an adventure and, you know, you can do it in a square room and you know plug away every day or you can have as much fun with it as possible and so I've always had that spirit within me and to take on big projects and that you're gonna my dad epically failed and epically succeeded regularly <laughs> so I saw that you know either way it's fun <laughs> you know it can be fun certainly epic failures can not always be fun but um but so I started this company making gourmet dog treats 
and everything was going along great and then the dot-com bubble burst and money went out the window and um you know it was really funny mark vicente who's the other filmmaker out of the blue called me up and wanted to come over to my house and i thought it was because he was going to ask me out on a date i'm thinking like finally this cute filmmaker that i've always had the hots for is coming over to my house and he came over and at the time the film was called sacred science and they were actually taking old video footage of speakers and editing it together and clearly that's not what we ended up making but there was this piece in the film and it was an excerpt from a book by a woman named Candace Pert mm-hmm. who's since passed. And the book was called molecules of emotion. And it's probably, it should be on everybody's required reading list. It's that amazing. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What I learned in that just, I swear to God, it was a page long paragraph excerpt from her book. And what she talked about was how we we literally become addicted to our emotional experience and we just keep repeating it over and over again. And I had this epiphany sitting in my living room going, this is what keeps happening in my life. This is why all my relationships are terrible and repetitive. This is why I can't find a career that I love. It, It was so amazing. Just that her little excerpt. And it was such a big epiphany that I just, I had been offered another movie at the same time, both movies would have gotten me completely out of debt. And the one was kind of an easy no brainer. And then there was this weird sacred science thing that I wasn't even that sure about. But because of that excerpt from Candace Pert's book, I, it, it's triggered something in me that I had to go on that journey instead. Wow. And so what did Mark come over for? He came over to ask me to get involved with sacred science. Ah, okay. He was no still day. Married, but, but, I, but he got me involved in what eventually became What the Bleak Do We Know. And an amazing film. If any of you have not watched that film, watch it. It's just as pertinent today. So do that. And also read Candace Pritt's book, Molecules yeah. of Emotion. It's quite a life changer. Yeah. So, so you've had these experiences. You've gone from one film to another. You've, you've been broke. You've been at the top of your game. <laughs> you've been everywhere. Like yeah. most of us have because we're risk takers. Right. You know, we, we don't think there's something that we can't do. Right. So we, we go off and do it. But, you know, I was speaking before you came on the show about self-confidence and just what you were saying about Candace Pert's work. Like if we have an underlying trend in our life where somebody has always told you, oh, who do you think you are? You can't do that. What would ever make you think that was possible? That if you don't examine that, if you don't stop and say, where did this come from and do I believe it? It'll continue to percolate, no pun intended. So um, <laughs> it's, it's important for us to do that. And I know that you have a new film project called Radical Dating. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really happy to be able to, to help a little bit oh, with that. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's an exciting project. So tell us about that one. Yeah. So, you know, after the bleep came out, you know, I'd been married, I had kids, I thought everything in my life was set and finally perfect. And, um, you know, when you start to think, when you get to lazy in life and you start to float and go, yeah, yeah, I got this, the universe, whatever has a tendency to come in and go, oh yeah, (laughs) let's just test that theory. And so I ended up getting divorced and I became, you know, a single mom at 41 years old. And 
the whole world of dating and relationships was so out of whack for me. And I knew that I wanted to have a relationship, but I knew that I needed to be better at choosing partners. Um, and so I, you know, a few years went by, I wrote a book, I did other things. And one day I was approached to do a reality TV show about single moms in LA. <clears throat> and it was super funny. They came to my house and they were like filming me and they kept asking me, so like, do you go to parties and do you, what do you do? And I was like, you know, I'm a single mom. I don't go to parties. There's no like glamorous Hollywood lifestyle. I think they thought that I was some cool Hollywood chick. And I'm like, no, I'm a single mom living in the suburbs. This is what I do. <laughs> and what was interesting was after that show, you know, they did, they ended up choosing celebrity moms, not us real moms. And um, the woman who was on that show said, you know, we did a test episode and the, the, the people that watched it actually really was resonated with what you were talking about. And it got me thinking about just singles and being single and being single over 40. And I started to look around and like all of my girlfriends who were amazing women are all single and we all wanted love in our life. And I started asking people like, why are you single? There's no good men in the world. Um, all the good ones are taken. You know, I'm just too busy. I'm not good enough. I don't know. Like, just, just like all over the map. And so I, I start projects out of curiosity. And I did some research and I found out that the U.S. population is almost 30% single and over 40. It's the highest percentage of singles that the U.S. population has ever had since they were counting. Wow. You could see with all the different relationship sites and dating sites that people really wanted love. And what the most consistent thing I heard from my friends was, I'm not even sure I know how to find love anymore. I'm not even sure how to do this. And so I thought, well, that's true. I don't either. And I met up with uh, David Steele, who has an organization called Relationship Coaching Institute. And I started talking to him. I'd read some of his books and I started talking to him about his program and what I loved about it was that it wasn't a dating program. I mean, we call the show Radical Dating. But what's fascinating about the program and, and the series is that what he does for a big chunk of the program is you learn about yourself. You can, amen to that. And that really, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that's the real starting point for everything that people want to leap over. They right. want to make it about the other person. How do I appeal to the other person? How do I get that person to like me? And we forget that it all starts with us. So I, I love that too. Carry on. <laughs> so we're on episode three right now. It started three weeks ago. We're, we follow five singles, all over 40, two men. One of them is gay and three women as they go through this process and each week we give a little piece of the puzzle. So episode three is all about the law of attraction and understanding what am I putting out in the world? What are my belief systems about men? We talk a lot about that in episode four. We have amazing coaches and amazing guest speakers. Dr. Pat Williams was on last week. Um, and what, what really the clients go through and why I think it's really amazing is that unfortunately I hate to break it to everybody. There's no like hot tub scenes. There's no, you know, crazy <laughs> like setups in the jungle. Like we don't do any of that, but what you actually watch are five people that allowed me to film them go through the literal peeling down of who they are and what's been holding them back from finding love and then really getting clear on what they want. There's a whole conversation about requirements, needs, and wants. Getting clear about what they want in their own life, what they want in relationships, and then how do you actually execute that 
to find the love. And the truth is, I'll tell you, two people on the show find amazing relationships. One person quit and two people are still working on it. So that's that you'll see that as they go. But so it does it's not always just this quick fix, but it's, it's amazing what happens when, you know, like one of the people that hasn't found a relationship, she's gone from desperate to wanting to relationship to being like, you know what? I'm not settling and I'm totally happy with where I am instead of being, I really wish I had a boyfriend, you know, which is a huge shift for her. It's a huge shift. And it goes back to what we were saying. When you do the introspective work, the self-awareness work, the self-assessment work, and you, you may find that here you are thinking that there's a should in the world. Like I should be with somebody and I'm not, I'm not okay if I'm not attracting somebody and what's wrong with me. And you're in that conversation as opposed to what's right with me and what do I want? What do I value? What is my vision for my life? How does another person get included in that? And when we do that work, then we, we really find, you know, probably I'm okay. Yeah. And then if I am okay, yay, then I'm going to be attractive to the right person. Right. But when I'm in desperation and need, I am not in my right mind. Well, and a lot of the work that you do that I love, you know, you talks about you talk about the toxic people in our life. And, you know, I went and did a lot of this work, you know, before David, but even filming the show, I did so much more. And the clarity that I got, and, and it's amazing. Like, I think you, everybody should just redo this every year. I think it's, <laughs> it's like, okay, you think that you've gotten this far, do it again, run through it again. Because I, every time, even as I'm watching the show right now, I have these moments where I'm like, oh, I just learned something about myself. Now that makes sense why I'm having this interaction with this other person. It's not to say this, it's my fault, but it also teaches me you know, I have a lot less toxic people in my life. I have a lot less drama in my life because I'm able to deal with it in a whole different way, just from having a better understanding of even myself and realizing like, you know, I see now why I got into this relationship. You know, it's not my fault that they might've been abusive or whatever, but I'm so now aware of where I was at when I accepted that relationship that I won't do that again. Yeah, and and what you also learn by going through that process, I'm sure it happened for you, Betsy, and I know that it happens for my clients, is that you recognize that instead of being sort of a passive participant, that you get to say, oh, no, that's not all right with me. You know, I'm not going to condone that behavior. I'm not going to uh, allow it and enable it in any way. And that I'm 100% responsible for saying, "Mm, no, it's not going to happen. Because I'm less afraid now of, you know, you're one of the things that we, you know, that comes out in the show is how willing we are to let go of things that are requirements that we want, that we set down and say, I want this in a relationship. And then we get some guy and we're so happy that we found the guy that we're like, well, I can let that slide or well, no, that's not really what he means. And the truth is when you get really clear on this stuff, you start to say, no, actually that's not okay with me. No, out. Yep. And yay. Yeah. Because you save yourself a lot of time. You save the other person a lot of time and you certainly save wear and tear on your heart. And it's, it's really, really important for that. Where can people follow this show, Betsy? 
So they can go to, um, I think the easiest place is to go to radical-dating.com and click on watch because all the episodes are there in order. And I recommend if you haven't started watching it, start from the beginning because what we do over a 10-week period is, and if you sign up for the, the free membership, you get worksheets and other oh, things wow. that the clients were getting. So you essentially are going to get a 10-week coaching program for free. Wow. Watch and you get to go through the process and then you get to see, like, it's funny. People will say to me just after this last episode, <clears throat> it's interesting watching somebody hit a roadblock where you're watching them because as an audience, people go, Oh my God, I was so frustrated. I wanted to leap through the, the computer <laughs> yeah, I can fix that other person. <laughs> and then for them to sit back and go, Oh my gosh, I'm doing that myself. Like how yeah. often do I just, and it's so amazing because you don't always get that kind of perspective. And no. the clients have been amazing. I mean, they, they let me into their, like, basically not therapy because coaching isn't therapy, but amaz imagine if, if you were having a session like this and there was a camera in the room and, and thousands of people were going to watch it. And they really went there. They really were honest and authentic and exposing. And I think it's, you know, there's some, there, we have five different people and they're all really different. So I think everybody's going to find someone or some trait or some lesson every episode that they go, I do that. Right. That's an incredible gift. So everybody go to radical-dating.com and get with the program. I mean, it really is a program. Um, yeah. And that that's exciting because, yes, I mean, people are giving a gift of allowing you to film them. They're getting a tremendous yeah. gift and it's a good thing. But if we're not playing on our own team, you know, we're looking to join somebody else's team. Yeah. Then we don't invite people into our life. We go, will you have me in yours, please? Right. Yeah. And, and that's a place that you don't want. That's disempowered. Yeah. Right. And so, yes, what we were talking about before, do your own work, but then know yourself now. Yes. Like no matter what's happened to you before, it's now. Yes. And who are you? What do you stand for? What do you want? And then go from that place, you know? Right. Uh, accepting that, like for me, for a lot of people, we're not willing to stand in who we are because we're afraid, well, what if I'm not right? Or what if I'm not good enough? You know, I, my definition of success has changed. My definition of, of my own self-worth has changed because I finally realized this is who I am and this is what I want. And it's totally okay if I wait until I have that. And it's interesting because I had a relationship as I was filming Radical Dating. I have a wonderful relationship. Yesterday was our four-year anniversary. Hey, yay. Um, but what's interesting is even going through this process, even though I was in a relationship, our relationship changed and got better. We noticed that that maybe there were some things that we had sort of set up incorrectly in our relationship, <clears throat> but because we went through this program and, you know, my partner was there the whole time, we were able to even step back and go, Oh, let's do some course correction. Let's do some, let's do some adjusting here. So we don't, this pattern doesn't a year from now or two years from now mess us up, you know? And that, and that's the willingness to be in the moment. Right. You know, I think so many people do their lives on autopilot coming from whatever's happened to them in the past. So I love what you're saying, like re-examine, have yeah. a look now, because even if you're in a relationship, like, you know, I've written a lot of books and my book back there, the red book called Kaizen for Couples, it's a groundbreaking book about how to do it differently. 
You know, I work with clients all over the world and they read that book and they go, wow, I didn't know you could do that. Well, there's always something to learn about yourself and about better ways to be in relationship. And I think that the most exciting journey you can go on is a journey that you take consciously with a partner. Right? That, that you really are staying in tune, like you were saying. Is there yeah. something we need to reassess, recalibrate, you know? And, and that we're not afraid to do that. So therefore, there's no taking for granted. There's no sort of, this is the way we've always done it. Right. Well, and you know, it's, it's fascinating. Like, I'm a mom. I have two amazing kids. And I think for me, raising kids has been an amazing opportunity to learn about how my, how, like, you know, you talk about, well, where did this pattern come from? You know, I've had the opportunity to watch the moments in which something happened to my kids. And now I can step back and go, that's going to stick in. That's going to stick. Yeah. That's going to yeah. build a belief system right there. Uh Oh, and so it's given me the opportunity to go, Oh, well, I probably have belief systems. And if I had to give myself permission and, and sort of forgive myself to say, you know, <clears throat> I carried some belief system that got me into all these different things. And instead of punishing myself or feeling angry at myself for creating that or believing that, I just say, oh, okay, I didn't know that I believed that about myself. Gee, I didn't know that I believed that I wasn't worthy of having a man who was supportive and kind and abundant and all those things. Okay, now I've figured that out. There was the belief system. Now I can let it go and move on, you know? And that's the constant readjusting because I don't feel like you ever get fully like, that's it. I'm done. You know, if no. it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. And, and that's the joy of it. I mean, this, this is a lifetime of learning. It's not, you know, done and done and done i mean it's not set and forget it's like oh today's a new experience this is a new person this is me feeling differently and allowing yourself to recalibrate and so i think this is an exciting project and at the end of 10 weeks it'll be really interesting to see where everyone is and and that that the self-acceptance piece became first and that's so good it has yeah. to, and I think that's the revolutionary thing that when I say to people, um, you know, well, even just now out in the world, I'll say to somebody, well, what do you want in a relationship? And they'll go, well, you know, I want, you know, what everybody wants. And the last episode that we just had, episode three, the clients did an exercise called Perfect Day, where they had to define their perfect day and they had to get real detailed about it. And when they started, they were like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the exercise, they were like, I want this and I want this and I want this. And then all of a sudden you watch how they shift because you know, there's, it's not about being so close minded and so rigid that it's only this way, but having an understanding of who you are and what's important to you and not being willing to settle that's really hard for people. And it, it was hard for me. And it seems so surprising because a lot of people will say, I won't settle. But then if you ask them to look, well, how many times did you settle today? They'll step back and go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I had no vision. I was just kind of doing it, you know, my way, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, adding on to the perfect day exercise, what happens when you say, I'd like to include this is you also learn what you'd like to exclude. Right. And that's an important feature uh, to know, you know, I want this, but I don't want that. So I'm going to say no to that. I don't need to make anybody wrong for it. I just simply need to say, 
not for me, thank you, and move on. And sometimes we're not good at closing doors because we have a bad case of FOMO, you know? We don't want to miss out on anything. So it's, I'm just fascinated by your work, Betsy. And thank you for being so bold and brave to step out there and make all these things happen. And I hope everybody will go to radical-dating.com and watch this and sign up for it and do the work. You know, yeah. I... It, 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 wonderful free coaching from David Steele and Betsy Chassie and, and all of what these clients are going through. What a great gift to the world. So thank you for that too, Betsy, and thanks for being with me. Thank you very much. I'll see you soon. I hope so. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Dr. Roberta Shaler. Handling hijackles is exhausting. It's never-ending. An endless cycle of crazy-making, alienation, and constant drama. And cycles are difficult to step out of. I know, because I've been there too. And that's why I reach out to you to offer the insight, skills, and strategies you need to heal. My small group programs, Handling Hijackles, and Hijackle Recovery and Rediscovery will shortcut your journey to healing to save your sanity, and to stopping the crazy making. Visit forrelationshiphelp.com slash join now and let's talk soon. So self-confidence, a really big, big component of a life that you love. A really big component. And it comes from believing that you have the right to be here to take up space and draw breath, and then you will believe that your contributions to life are worthwhile, that you really do have something to contribute. And we seem to live in a life, in a world that the media values the grand gesture. You know, you found this, you do this fabulous thing, or you do something that nobody else does, and somehow that's a self-confident person. But I just want to tell you that even smiling at someone, genuinely smiling at someone, is a grand gesture. And I don't mean to make that sound trite. When you feel good about you, yourself, then you can genuinely smile at somebody else with acceptance. And when you do that, that is a contribution. And that makes a difference in the world. It's not the huge gestures. Yes, they're wonderful, and not all of us are going to be that. But to be you know, fascinated by your partner, to be deeply interested in your children, to give them the benefit of your learning and then of your recalibration. Maybe you just heard the Betsy Chassie in uh, episode and on the Relationship Help Show, and you heard her say that as she changed her beliefs, as she looked at her life in depth, then she became more conscious of the things that were happening to her children, that something got said or something happened, that she could leap in and say, oh my goodness, that's going to stick if I don't debrief that and change the direction of it. So the more work we do on ourselves, the more we help those around us. And if we're parents, we definitely want to be doing that. So it may be something as just a smile or being genuinely interested in somebody else and giving them your full attention. 
or it may be that you are a fabulous teacher or that you are a wonderful volunteer, but that you can't do those things if you don't feel good about yourself. Because you will always come from that place of, is this enough? Is this good enough? You know, is it all right? Am I doing all right? And it, that's no way to live. You don't want to live that way. So what do you do when you second guess yourself and you start to shrink a little bit? I want to give you something to write down. I've written it down and I'm going to read it to you. Say this to yourself. I have value because I breathe. I have thoughts, feelings, needs, and wants, and I'm free to share them. It is my right. I matter. I have value because I breathe. I have thoughts, feelings, needs, and wants, and I have the right to share them. It is my right because I matter. When you do your life from a position of I matter, when you really get that right down to your toes, when you don't feel like a phony when you say it, you got to fake it till you make it sometimes for a while. But if you're peeling back the layers of where you got this stuff you don't want anymore, it will be easier to say, no, I embrace this. I embrace this. So one more time, I have value because I breathe. I have thoughts, feelings, needs, and wants, and I am free to share them. It is my right. I matter. And of course, it's not just as simple as saying it. You have to remind yourself of it and let it bolster your self-confidence. And there's work involved. You'll do the work. And if you do the work, you will become free and fully self-expressing. And whether that is in a relationship or at work or out in the world reaching for the stars, you need to be your own best cheerleader. That inner work that we're just talking about and that statement is cheerleading school. And if you want to build self-confidence, getting help is the best way. You can do a lot for yourself, but getting help, it will make it so much better. And in the meantime, ask yourself this question. Whoever told me that I did not have the right, the capacity, or the ability to do what I want to do right now, where did that idea about myself come from? It's quite possible that you got that idea from somebody that you no longer value their opinion, but yet you've been repeating it to yourself for a long, long time. So great, let's erase that and rewrite a new program. The amazing tennis player Arthur Ashe said, one important key to success is self-confidence. The key to self-confidence is preparation. And that's what I'm talking about. By walking through the places that robbed you of your self-confidence, you're preparing for a confident you. And as you keep walking, you're going to feel that self-confidence right down to your toes. And that's fabulous. And you'll know how to shore yourself up should your, your self-confidence tank and seem to be a little bit empty. That inside job of you being a cheerleader is great. And when you are cheering, you are so much more able to hear the cheerleaders in your life and believe them. And that will enhance your self-concept too. So go to forrelationshiphelp.com and, and read the blogs or go to the YouTube channel for relationship help and watch my other videos. 
stay up with it. Stay with me. And uh, when you're ready, come and talk to me yourself in private sessions or join one of my groups or take a program. I'm here for you. I want you to have the best possible life. And today, my greatest gift to you is to have you think about, am I completely self-expressing and self-confident? And am I willing to do what it takes to be there? Talk soon. There you have it. If you want more, you can work with Dr. Shayla directly. She's eager to help you resolve your relationship issues. Have a question? Call in early to next week's show to talk with Dr. Shaler on air. Get her expert insights and advice by subscribing to her blog, newsletter, and YouTube channel. We're here for you. Don't be a stranger. Join us again next week. And in the meantime, visit forrelationshiphelp.com.